Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Elizabeth McGee. Today, we're talking with Terry Kennedy, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the Animal League of Gaston County. She's going to cover the Animal League's low-cost spay-neuter clinic, some new programs, and hopes and dreams for the future of the clinic. Are you interested yet? Stay tuned. Mark your calendars. Gaston Max is back and better than ever. Come to downtown Gastonia on Saturday, March 23rd to enjoy live music performances, games for kids, interactive art experiences, and much more. The event is free. Be on the lookout for announcements about musical headliners in the months ahead. Welcome back to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I am Dandrea Bradley, and with me as co-host is Miss Elizabeth McGee. Hey, everyone. And we are joined by Miss Terry Kenny. She is the Chief Executive Officer of the Gaston Local Spay Neuter Clinic. And we are going to be talking about some great things that are going on there. So we're very excited. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while now. So welcome, Terry. Well, thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. And I will always love talking about the clinic. Uh, excellent, because we're going to talk about all things clinic and maybe throw in some stories about the fur babies, too. All righty. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. So, Terry, just to start off, talk to us. What is the uh, Gaston Low-Cost Spay-Neuter Clinic? Well, the Gaston Low-Cost Spay-Neuter Clinic is operated by the Animal League of Gaston County, and we do low-cost spay-neuter surgeries for anybody that has a pet. If a person has some economic challenges, we have some programs to help them. And we are uh, getting ready to celebrate our 80,000th surgery uh, here the early part of next year. That is a lot. What's the time frame for that? um, We started in 2009, in Mm -hmm. July of 2009. Now, that year was uh, very slow because we were uh, just getting uh, getting off the ground. We did seven surgeries our first day and thought that was just the absolute most would ever be done. And then uh, now we are doing 35 surgeries a day, four to five days a week. Wow. That's amazing. I know. It's fun. It's wonderful. We're so excited. Mm -hmm. And you're about to do the 80,000th. Yes. Mm 80,000. That's amazing. Yep. And in addition to our spay-neuter services, of course, we do vaccination. We also opened in 2021 a low-cost veterinary clinic. So we provide affordable services for anybody that has a sick, uh, injured animal, uh, or if they just want to come in for a wellness program, we do that too. So that's Mm -hmm. very exciting for us. And we do uh, Monday through Thursday. We have a vet that does that for us. And, you know, we have a busy day and it's very affordable. So that's what our goal is to help every pet, regardless of the owner's uh, economic situation. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the vision behind the spay-neuter clinic? Like how much of a problem is, is this a problem in Gaston County? What kind of issues are you working to solve other than just providing affordable 
um, surgery? Um, it started, I had an epiphany. It was kind of weird. I'm a retired attorney, and uh, in about 2006 or seven, I read an article in the newspaper called Death at the Pound, and they talked about animals being euthanized at the pound, and I can hardly talk about that now. Uh, but we, uh, in Gaston County, when we opened in 2009 our clinic, we were taking in almost 9,300 animals. Today, we're more uh, in line for about 33 to 3,500 animals, even though we're seeing our population uh, rise. So when I saw that, I... First thing I wanted to do was go to the county commissioners and talk to them about getting rid of the gas chamber because that's how they were euthanizing animals at that time. And uh, a member of Animal League saw me on that um, on that uh, county commissioners meeting. He was actually uh, in the finance department for the county. He called his wife and said, "Ann, you got to come down here. There's a lady talking about the gas chamber." I got a call. It happened to hit the AP about this lady talking about getting rid of the gas chamber and I started getting all these calls and I thought well yeah I want to do that I want to start becoming involved and so that's when I joined Animal League and we started raising money and our first grant thank you Gaston Community Foundation was from the Community Foundation here in town to get us open so it's taken a village but it's been a very important project. So what I'm hearing you saying is the the vision of offering spay neuter services is basically basically an upstream approach to preventing euthanasia at the shelter level. It's the only thing that works to uh, reduce pet overpopulation. There's been many studies, uh, some of the bigger organizations like ASPCA or mm -hmm. Health uh, HSUS, uh, some of the large ones, they've done study after study and there is no other method that actually works. Mm -hmm. And have you seen that either through data or anecdotally just since you've been doing this since 2009? Have, has Gaston County experienced that kind of d decrease that you're expecting to see? Oh, far more than we ever expected. Uh, with, with everything, it has to start on the front end. So our goal is to keep animals out of the shelter by reducing unwanted litters. Mm -hmm. And going from 2009, having 9,300 animals, and at that time, they were euthanizing about 60% of animals coming into the shelter. Wow. Uh, today's numbers, uh, they're about... Last number's 33, 3,500, I think is what we're on tap for uh, entering the shelter this year. And the euthanasia rate's about 10%. Wow, that's, that's really awesome. fantastic. It's, it's tremendously important, I think. Yeah, that's actually a really good segue because I wanted to ask you about what it's like to work, work with Gaston County Animal Control and what's your relationship like with them since um, they're our county-operated shelter? Well, I don't think it could be any better. Uh, one tremendous thing that has um, uh, enabled us to work so well is um, your veterinarian there. Um, Dr. Hildebrand. Dr. Hildebrand. We Shout love, out. I know. We Do love her too. We, hey, Dr. Hildebrand did surgery for us before y'all found her. So <laughs> we've known her back since we actually opened our clinic. She's a fabulous vet and a fabulous surgeon. Oh, so wow. Small that's world. Great. Yeah, that's great. And then the director of animal control. 
Uh, I think they are just very open to uh, us working collaboratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, we're providing the vaccines for the clinic that the county's doing the drive through rabies clinic uh, in early November. Oh, so, excellent. Yeah. A collaboration, a truly mutually beneficial collaboration. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. Because I know that ACE also cares about reducing the euthanasia rate. Yes. But it truly takes more than just one group looking at this problem to make any movement on it. It's a it's a community issue. So it takes community groups like y'all to help make it happen. So it's really it's really it's heartwarming to see it happen in action. <laughs> yes. It, it it really is. And um we couldn't be happier with the collaboration that we have. Um, today, as a matter of fact, I got a call from Dr. Hildebrand sort of unexpectedly saying, hey, we got this big load of supplies somebody gave us. We can't use some of them. Would y'all like to use them? I'm like, oh, yeah, bring them on. So <laughs> they actually brought them, dropped them off for us and vice versa. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So I just want to um, go back to the wellness services because you said you started this in 2021. Yes. So what made you decide to start offering these type services to the community? Well, uh, we had been talking about doing a, a, a wellness clinic or a low-cost veterinary clinic for a long time, and we really had planned to hold off on it until we move into our second floor, which is in the process right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I do a lot of thinking in my sleep, apparently. <laughs> I woke up one morning and said, why do we have to wait? Why can't we start a small clinic and help as many as we can? And so at that point, we moved our administrative offices downstairs in the basement and took those two little offices and the break room and made our first clinic. Wow. So, yeah, that worked out. And we've helped about 13,000 animals since we've opened. That is just truly, it's a tremendous amount. (laughs) I know. It's, 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 it speaks to the enormous need that there Mm -hmm. is in the county and and everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard for people to take care of their pets. So Mm -hmm. uh, we make it affordable. And we also have a, a very gracious sponsor. He, he, too, is a retired attorney out of Florida, and he provides some funding every month for us to help subsidize people who bring their pets in for um, medical care. Well, that's really amazing. So talk a little bit about the staff who are providing these services. Oh, oh. If they started to quit, I would throw myself in front of the door. Um, they are wonderful. Our um, primary spay-neuter um, uh, surgeon is Dr. Sharon Bailey, and uh, she's been with us a number of years. She is amazing. Uh, our um, doctor that does the low-cost veterinary services is Dr. Jim Harvey. Uh, he uh, started only uh, this year, but that allowed us to open up four days a week instead of a day or two a week. So oh, that's, that's really wonderful. allowed us to grow. And then our techs, we have three vet assistants and a vet tech that have been with us about 14 years and then other newer ones but we are just so fortunate we have a team that they're hard workers they know what they're doing and they really care mm-hmm. and and since y'all are a nonprofit, correct we so are. you also have an advisory board 
We do. Mm-hmm. We have uh, our board of directors. Uh, they meet uh, once a month. They are a very diverse group. Uh, David Holcomb is our president right now, and he is actually on the Animal Control Task Force. Oh, so we fantastic. have a lot of tentacles into the community mm-hmm. uh, in various ways. Mm-hmm. So what, if someone in the community is listening and they want to support the Animal League in some way, maybe with manpower, um, finances, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, always manpower and money, you know, we what can't are, turn those down. What are some of the things that y'all look for when you are looking for some uh Community, community involvement? Well, we love volunteers. We have a number of different programs. Uh, one of our programs that we were just out this past Sunday, we do a program called Room to Run, and that is strictly volunteers and strictly donations that support that. And we go out and we build 25 foot by 25 foot enclosures to get dogs off of chains. And these are dogs that have never been off the chain. And wow. that's, you don't realize it you don't think about it but a dog on a chain never gets to run Mm. so um, that's very fulfilling and this past Sunday it took us about an hour to get it finished we'd already done some of the work so um, a lady uh, Mrs. Mr. Ms. Blanton came out she said she wanted to do that for her birthday so she her husband and her two children came out and helped us so that was very that was such a good birthday present to give yourself yes just wonderful and we do things like Uh, We need volunteers to build dog houses for our No Cold Pets program. Mm. We have dog houses and community cat houses that we give away free, Mm. and that is strictly by donations that we get the money. And our very own um, Natalie Tyndall's son, Ty, uh, he did... um, building with his Eagle Scouts uh, for his program and raised about $9,000 for the program last year. So there's opportunities for Scouts. There's opportunities for handymen. There's opportunities for us ladies to get out there and Mm -hmm. help build and in fact, there are more women there at Defense Build than men. So, um, <laughs> so that was wonderful. And then you can come into the clinic. The only thing that a volunteer can't do is handle the animals. Mm-hmm. We leave that to the professionals. Mm-hmm. And But there's lots of other things that have to be done. People called, um, syringes open, um, just cleaning. You know, this mm-hmm. is a hospital, so cleanliness is next to godliness. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at your brochure right now, yep. and I see you've got uh, cat programs, too. Talk a little bit about the feral cat colony program. Well, feral and community cats are a, a problem across the world. It's yes. not just in Gaston County. Uh, we just see a lot of them. And a feral and community cat, that's a cat who is homeless uh, but has a caregiver, Um Uh, some of them at least. And so our program is for Gaston County residents, they can get a feral or community cat fixed, vaccinated for rabies and distemper, dewormed and ear tipped for $40. Oh, wow. Ear tipping just means that they're going to clip the ear and that is the symbol that they have gotten their vaccines, they're neutered, 
they're taking care of, right? That's right. Okay. It is. It's a it's a worldwide symbol, and uh, you just take the top of the year off. It doesn't bother them. They don't even know it, and uh, it, it can be seen by an animal control officer or a community, um, uh, someone in the community to let them know that these animals do have a caregiver. They have been fixed. They have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite programs that I'm looking at here on your brochure is the Shelter Pets to Go. And I'm pretty familiar with that program because I've adopted, you know, from the from animal care before. So talk to us a little bit about that program. That program has been going on since 2017. And uh, to date, we have helped get adopted or rescued out of the Gaston County Shelter about 850 animals. Um, And what uh, our volunteer does, Nancy Foltz and her husband, they go to the shelter. uh, Some animals are selected. uh, They take really good photos of them, videos of them. They post them and they They are very successful doing that, putting them on Pet Finder, putting them on our Facebook page, uh, and uh, they really market them, and they are able to get adopted for a very low price. And the ones that don't find an adopter, Nancy's very uh, skilled at talking to rescue groups to, um, to get them into rescue programs so that they have an opportunity to be adopted. That's really that's really great. Sounds like y'all have just a lot of people who care a lot. Yes. <laughs> and just make things happen. Yes, we that's do. Amazing. That's awesome. And, and and it's like what you said, it takes a village and it sounds like you have a huge village. We do. We do. You know, it's very interesting when you are at an event or a party if they say, oh, what do you do? And I say, well, I run the spay-neuter clinic. Oh, my gosh, I love dogs. I love cats. And they will talk to you about that. So it's really a lot of people in the community. And we have a lot of people who donate. Um, some people donate monthly to us through um, our harness platform. It might be $5. It might be $100. Um, and then if we have special projects like we need food, we have a food pantry so if people um, are in um, dire straits for cat food or dog food, uh, we try to always keep that stocked. And we have people, when we're out of food, we put it on our Facebook page, and all of a sudden the UPS people start delivering Amazon or Chewy or people drop by and they've gone to the grocery store. So they usually really step up for us. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. So if someone wants to make a donation, whether it's you know monetary or whether it's pet food, pet supplies, how can they get in touch with you? Well, we're at 425 West Franklin Boulevard. They're always welcome to stop by. Uh, or you can go on our Facebook page. We have a donation uh, app there or on our website, which is gastonspayneuter.com uh, or ALGC for Animal League of Gaston County.org. And there's donate buttons there. So, yeah. Or PayPal. <laughs> oh, please don't forget PayPal. <laughs> so looking towards the future, can you talk a little bit about what are your hopes and dreams for the next decade or two of the Animal League? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Well, what we are working on right now is an expansion uh, into our upstairs. We have a second floor that is not used at all, and we will be installing an elevator. Uh, 
and we will open that up as a low-cost, full-service veterinary hospital. Wow. So we uh, are already planning the uh, x-ray room. We already have an ultrasound machine. Our little dental clinic is already, um, we've already found space for that. Uh, So we're in the process of, of actually designing uh, that and getting equipment. We have a wonderful opportunity, which is kind of deja vu for us. When we opened the clinic in 2009, we were able to buy a veterinary's, uh, veterinarian's uh, equipment that had uh, he had retired, and he let us have everything in his, um, in his uh, office and in his clinic. We just now have had the opportunity to buy another clinic, Uh, the equipment that we want from that clinic. And uh, so we'll be using that in our full-service veterinary hospital. That is wonderful. It really is. Is there, so I'm wondering, is there a model for this type of clinic elsewhere? Or do you see the Animal League's work as kind of one of a kind? Well, we were trained along with a lot of other clinics through uh, Humane Alliance, that is now ASPCA Alliance in Asheville. It is one of the largest training facilities in the country, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I think there are about 200 of us across the country. We are somewhat unique, I understand, uh, in that we right now provide more services than a lot of the other clinics. Some are strictly spay-neuter, but the trend is definitely moving to low-cost, veterinary care because the need is so great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And I was talking to one of um, one of our co-workers who's very involved with animal care and with the Animal League. And, and we were talking yesterday just about, you know, the current economic, you know, climate that we're in where people, you know, are having to make tough decisions with regard to their finances. And oftentimes, those people that have pets, they end up surrendering their pets because they can't afford, you know, the the wellness care. And just that you guys are, you know, coming along and, and, and helping them solve that issue, that's going to save a, a lot of animals from being surrendered to shelters. So I think it's wonderful. And... And we are a resource for the county for animal care and enforcement um, to say, if you need food, we can help you, or Animal League can help you, or if you need veterinary care, go down there. You don't have to surrender your animals because people are making hard decisions. Mm -hmm. They love their animals, but, you know, sometimes it's a choice, and we don't want them to have to make that hard choice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of volunteer opportunities, animal care and enforcement has lots of opportunities for volunteers too. From, you know, we just, we have, I think we've, I think we're out of kitten season now, right? Well, <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully at least slows down. Yes. Mm-hmm. But always there's a need for people to foster yes. pets, um, foster kittens, especially during kitten season. Absolutely. Um, I know we also, uh, one thing that Ace, has done for county employees is we are allowed to go walk the shelter dogs on our lunch break. <laughs> um, and I think anyone's allowed to go walk the shelter dogs, give them, yes. and go play with them. You can walk the cats too. They have a <laughs> stroller and everything. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. I'll have to tell people. Yeah. Um, so uh, for the animal lovers in Gaston County, um, 
you know, we're, we're all working to try to make it better for the pets. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Terry, is there anything else you want to share with us that maybe we didn't ask? Well, I think y'all have covered most of the important things. I think that just for people to know, we're not limited just to Gaston County. We do have some programs that are limited there, but we want to help everybody that we can. Uh, And um, we are open Monday through Friday. A lot of people think, well, when are you going to do surgery next? And we do surgery uh, at least four days a week, some days, five days a week. Sometimes our vet just wants to take a break, and we understand. Um, But um, just know that if you have a need that involves a pet, call us. Don't immediately jump to the notion that I have to surrender it or take it to the shelter. Uh, We can... uh, we can help you in a lot of different ways that you don't even know about. Absolutely. Well, Terry Kenny from the Gaston Local Spay Neuter Clinic, CEO of the clinic, thank you so much for joining us. And to Elizabeth McGee, always a pleasure co-hosting with you. You as well, Dandrea. Well, thank you all so much for inviting us. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Ho, ho, ho! Christmas is in the air in Gaston County. In addition to Christmastown USA firing things up on December 1st, every town around Gaston County has Christmas parades and holiday markets on tap. Check out the community calendar at gastongov.com to find your favorite. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, D'Andrea Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Coming up on next week's show, we'll be talking about an organization called Bunny Blessings. And if you're not sure what that is, you will not want to miss this.